and welcome to Healthy Options on WERU. My name is Cynthia Swan, and today my guest is Dr. Gwen Scott. Dr. Scott was a television news anchor for over 30 years. She co-anchored the International Hour on CNN and received a gold medal from the International Film and Television Festival for her work. Dr. Scott also studied natural medicine throughout her life with healers in the Native American, African American, Spanish, Asian, and Eastern Indian communities. She was degreed a naturopathic doctor from the Clayton College of Natural Health in Birmingham, Alabama. And her website is www.gwenscottgwenscottnd.com. Welcome, Dr. Scott. Thank you, Cynthia. I'm so happy to be here. So happy to have you on. Let me ask you, I'm, this is very interesting. Um, I have your Natural Medicine, A Survivor's Guide, your three DVD set, and it's quite comprehensive. And I wanted to just start off with the um, broad picture of, you know, why natural medicine? And also, why do we need a survivor's guide? Well, natural medicine actually came to me as a young woman in my 20s. I was really, really sick, and I had been uh, going to the Western allopathic uh, conventional medicine folk and uh, surgeries and drugging and all kinds of things, and I was not getting better. I was failing, and a friend of mine uh, was a student of Chief Two Trees, who was the chief medicine man of the Cherokee peoples, and she said, let's do that and see what happens. And in a matter of months, uh, using only natural approaches, I was well, and it just captured me. And it's something that in this country uh, a long time ago uh, was a way of life, and then the pharmaceutical industry came in, and that connection was broken. And so that information was not uh, more so, much more so now than, say, 40 years ago, which is what I'm talking about time frame-wise. And so I'm, I, it became a passion, uh, a mission, to talk to as many healers as I could find, um, as you mentioned, in all the indigenous communities uh, that had this knowledge and were willing to share it. And so that's where the whole natural medicine thing started. And as to the survivor guide part, it occurred to me when I started to see a few years back our Congress trying to limit uh, our access to natural remedy uh, through law. It has already happened, uh, Codex Alimentarius, throughout Europe, where if you want vitamin C, you have to get a doctor's prescription for it. Uh, I could see that coming here. And I realized that uh, that would leave a lot of people uh, without any, anything other than drugging and cutting. Uh, so I decided to take all of that information that I had collected over the years and put it together in one huge library, really. And we can call them folk remedies. That, you know, it mm-hmm. would be, traditionally be called folk remedies. I had criteria. It had to be available to everyone. Whatever I was recommending, everybody, I hate elitist medicine. <laughs> Every, it should be available to everybody. It should be affordable yes. to everyone. And it had to work, actually do the job uh, that it was supposed to do. And so that's the genesis of this uh, compilation of this 3D well, it's kind of funny. We ought to tell them how you and I connected. I have a dear friend, one of my oldest and dearest friends, who lives in Belfast. 
and he loves your program. And he called me, and he said, this lady and you are in sync. Why don't you send her the three DVDs and have her take a look? And that was, what, a year and a half ago? Yes, I received this set about, yeah, a year and a half ago, and I was intrigued. And I watched the entire set, and I thought, this is really fascinating because this is affordable medicine for the masses. Yeah, and uh, I I had forgotten, and then you called me, and I was like, oh, this is wonderful. Uh, But before we get into anything, I have to do this by law because many states do not uh, license naturopathic doctors. So we're not allowed to diagnose or prescribe, but what we are allowed to do is educate through empirical or personal observation, historical, like folk remedies, things that have been around for a long time that everybody in that community would know about, and then finally scientific, because the scientific community in the last 20 years is doing a lot of research with natural remedy and presenting that. So. I'm, I'm here to educate, and that's what the DVD set does. It educates. Uh, it does not diagnose or prescribe. Great. So let's dive right into that. Okey-doke. Let's talk about the emergency remedies. Let's talk about, um, you know, what emergency remedies do you think are most helpful that everyone would have access to in their kitchen and be able to utilize, and how would they be utilized in an emergent situation? Well, you know, there's seven parts to this. It's over four hours long, which is a lot, I know. But I broke it down into seven parts, and it's not an accident, no pun intended, Mm -hmm. that I put the emergency remedies part one. Because to me, it's so critical. Um, Even if you do have to go to the emergency room, it is so critical to mitigate these situations, which would be life-threatening burns, Uh, uncontrolled bleeding, food poisoning. We've just seen a lot of that uh, recently uh, where people have lost their lives and they didn't need to. So I put my emergency remedies right up front so that um, people, as soon as they put the DVD in, they've got that information. Uh, The one that was one of the ones most intriguing to me, Mm -hmm. uh, I was in northern New Mexico in a a diner-type situation, and, uh, you know, family-run thing, and, and they, cook, they were cooking in the middle, so you could see them, and one of the people, the lady behind there, somehow spilled grease, hot grease, all over her forearm, and she just started screaming, and I jumped up to go, but I saw this, this little lady <laughs> uh, in black mm-hmm. start to go real fast towards her, and something inside of me said, you stop and watch her, because she knows more than you do. And she went up and she asked them, did they have a can of green beans? Green beans. I was intrigued. I'm like, what is this? And they had a big, you know, restaurant-sized can of French-style green beans and opened the can. First, she got her arm washed off and under cold water. And then she began to place these beans, these green beans, all over her forearm. And then she poured the juice and wrapped it in a towel. And she said, we're going to wait 15 minutes. Well, after a few minutes, I saw the woman who was burned, I saw her face, you know how your face contorts with pain? Oh, I yeah. saw that leave her face. And she, and then I, she, she's saying, it doesn't hurt, it doesn't hurt. And she went to take it off, and, and the, it turned out it was a curandera, which in the Spanish community, or Hispanic, back in New Mexico where I live, um, people in that community prefer to be called Hispanic. And uh, anyway, she's a healer in that community and knew this, which 
it just astounded me. I'd never heard of such a thing. Anyway, she said, no, 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 15 minutes. And then she reapplied more green beans, more juice, and wrapped it again for another 15. When she finally unveiled it, it I, I, my eyes, I was a little staring at the woman's arm. It was as if she had not been burned. So really? Of I get home, I can't wait to burn myself. <laughs> I mean, but that's a scalding, I mean, we're talking about oil that was used to cook. It had to be scalding. It had to have bubbled up immediately, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and I, I can't explain. This is miraculous stuff. Uh, I asked a scientist friend, could he, you know, find the constituents in French-style green beans? And the reason we do French-style is that they're malleable. You can, you can... Oh, bend them. them. Yeah, you can place them. You can, can organize them around different areas, whereas if you just get the whole green bean, it's going to want to roll on you. So you do French style. Anyway, I came home, and sure enough, was, I, I love to cook. So, of course, I did burn myself, and I had gone and gotten my French style green beans, and thankfully now they have them with, with pop-tops. Now, we don't have to do organic here or anything like that. We're not eating them. Just mm-hmm. food store, $1.29. Okay. And pop top is good because you can get to it quickly. That is the key for burns, getting to them quickly, first cold, always apply cold water. I keep my green beans right at the front in the refrigerator because then they're cold. And sure enough, I had burned my, my hand, the top of my hand on the top of my stove in a V form on the burner. And uh, I put those green beans on and I waited. And sure enough, within minutes, the, all the pain went away. That's and amazing. And I applied it and did the juice. And then did the next 15 minutes, and I was astounded. It was as if I wasn't burned. And that night I was going to get into a hot tub, and I thought, uh-oh, I'm going to feel this now. And I didn't. That's amazing. Now, there's some constituent in the green bean that helps to stop the burn? It, it actually seems to, and I say seems to reverse the whole process and how that works i don't know because i asked this research doctor could you would you tear them down and tell me what he said that would be tens of thousands of dollars and nobody's going to pay for that because they can't patent it well good point right so this was um, so this is a folk remedy that you learned from this corandera for for burns and this is like what this is like probably it was a third degree burn and it worked and if it's serious and you think you have to be transported, do so. Right. But do this first. So you don't use the soap and water, but you do run, you you'd still run that body part under cold water before placing the beans? Or can you just put the beans on and then the, the juice from the beans and then wrap it? Always cold first. Always cold first. Okay. You just keep, uh, if it's you, do your best to keep whatever you burned under the cold water while you're... That's why the pop top's good. Okay. That's why you open the beans. Um, but yeah, always immediately put cold on a burn. Okay. And then the, the cold green beans and the juice, and then wrap it. That's amazing, Dr. Scott. Who would have thought? All right, let's really? go to another emergent situation. Someone's in the kitchen, okay? They're chopping up vegetables, and they've got a very good, sharp kitchen knife, and they cut themselves pretty good. Uh, yeah, this, this is a remedy I've seen work so astoundingly well uh, so many times. It's so simple. You know the spice, and some people call it turmeric, and some people call it turmeric. Yes, uh, now, it come into the news a lot because of its anti-inflammatory properties. Correct. Um, 
and also anti-cancer they're seeing through research and now so people are fairly well aware in um, in Eastern Indian cooking mm-hmm. it's used quite a bit um, it's that bright orange yellow color spice now I came to that through a different one which was cayenne cayenne pepper mm-hmm. will stop bleeding if you, you always apply pressure when okay. you have uncontrolled bleeding right but boy will it talk to you the cayenne yeah I would I, think that would burn <laughs> it does and so that was my best uh, bleeding remedy so to speak for years until I came across this information about I'm going to call it turmeric because that's what we do in this country uh, turmeric and so then of course I cut myself I was cutting flowers and I went way down deep hit the bone and I thought, okay, now it's, and I had put a jar, and here's another thing. It's no good to have all these emergency remedies, and then you can't get to them, you can't find them. That's why the green beans go right at the front of the refrigerator, so you can get to them, and you don't have to root around. I have a, a, a recycled glass jar sitting right out on the kitchen counter that I can just grab. And that's what you want to do. And it's full of this beautiful, bright orange spice called turmeric. And what... I've used this in a very, very, very extreme case uh, about a year ago with a neighbor. I wasn't sure if it was going to hold up, but it did. He cut his thumb vertically in half. Um, What you do is you grab that jar that's labeled and sitting right out there and jam a bunch of turmeric right into the cut and then wrap it tightly and hold it. Okay. Now, if you have to be transported, if you think it's serious enough, keep that on there until you get there because you may be sitting in the emergency room for hours maybe you don't know right however long it takes to get there so this is a wonderful emergency remedy available affordable and it works so everyone should have turmeric uh in their cupboard and accessible and um does it have to be organic in this situation an organic Absolutely herb? Absolutely not. We're not ingesting it. Okay. But it is going to kind of be as it goes into the bloodstream, but that doesn't matter, right? As long as it's just the herb. I don't think herb. in this case, because we're not talking about huge amounts. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about a very what potentially serious kind of a problem. Uh, so whatever little tiny bit of non-organic turmeric were to get into, I, don't, I think it's negligible and concern. Now, if we're eating it, which we should be, mm-hmm. in our foods, um, then, of course, you not only want it organic, but you want it non-irritated. Most people in this country don't know that one of the first laws our government put into place around natural remedy was that all spices had to be irritated or radiated. And so you have to be very, very careful where you find your spices now because... Uh, all of the conventional food store spices have been radiated, meaning and <clears throat> lots of the medicine has been killed. Because of the period. radiation, right? Yes, absolutely. Um, so do you... Of course, so, being presented as for your safety, uh, I don't understand that at all. Uh, but anyway, there are sources where you can find uh, some health food stores, and sometimes you'll have to poke around and find who has uh, non-irritated organic spices. That's what you're looking for. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. 
What what else in the um, in the emergency area? Like you had talked earlier, uh, Dr. Scott, about you know food poisoning. So what would be beneficial in that arena? This is what's interesting to me. This came out of the Western uh, Scientific Community, University of Kansas, uh, a number of years ago. And of course, now we're seeing it even more now. There was a huge outbreak of E. coli in this country, and people were dying. Lots of people died. And so they commissioned uh, the University of Kansas to see if they could find something that could be mixed in with the ground, because it usually comes from these huge packing plants where tens of thousands of pounds are processed through, and, you know, there's trying to trace where it all is nearly impossible. So they wanted something they could mix in with the meat that would kill the most likely suspects like E. coli, salmonella, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And they found one thing that on contact pretty well took care of all of the pathogen that would cause that kind of problem, and that was clove. Clove? The the clove, herb? The herb clove, or the spice, as many or people spice, would call right? it. Yes. And again, non we want non-irritated organic. And you... I used to used to be able to go to the health store and buy them already encapsulated, and somehow they just went away. But it's easy to do. You buy the empty capsules. Mm -hmm. uh, most health food stores sell empty capsules. You pull them apart, put a big mound of clove powdered, and you want it to be nice and rich and dark. If it's a light brown from the conventional food store, it may not work. Um, you want good, organic, non-irritated, dark, rich clove powder and you begin to encapsulate. Now, I cannot tell you how many people have come back, because this is something I learned a number of years ago and have passed on to my clients and friends, and particularly people traveling, um, because even if the bacteria is okay for the people who live wherever you're going, it may not be for you. And I cannot tell you how many people have come back and said, you saved my vacation, because everybody else I went with got sick. Really? And diarrhea and all kinds of problems. But I took my clove and see what I tell people. The first sign of, of stomach rumbling. Mm -hmm. um, hold on, I've got a tickle. Mm. <laughs> Drink a little water here. Um, first sign of discomfort. Don't wait till you're fully involved. Take a clove capsule. Wait a while. If it's still going on, take another one. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay. So Most so people you, don't have to go past 2. Really? So another so and and if and if it's something else, the clove isn't going to obviously hurt them because it's a spice that you can eat anyway. Exactly. Um So now, with that said, I have had people come to me already fully involved for a day or two. Mhm. Mm and I we start the clove. It takes a little longer to turn it back around. Okay. I, it is one of the most miraculous remedies. Um, I actually had a woman call me from Ghana, and her brother was dying. And wow. She had heard me uh, doing a radio show like this one, and mm -hmm. I asked her, did she have powdered clove? Because he had dysentery and had had it for days and days and days. And he was dehydrating, and he was, and I asked, of course, she didn't have capsules. Mm -hmm. So it was a tough remedy because clove is very powerful but she just put it in water and made him drink it wow and then called me and told me it it turned him around within hours it's pretty astounding stuff and as you said you can't hurt yourself with clove right because so so at the first sign and then 
Um, then you wait a few hours and dose yourself again. Is that I'd it? Wait an hour or so and, okay. and see how you're doing. If it's still rumbling and grumbling, do it. Do another. I mean, it, it can't hurt you. Okay, so you would just keep going, maybe every so often until um, till till until the- it goes away. I have a client in Kansas, and um, she had she crab soup. Now, uh, food poisoning coming from seafood is probably the worst. And she was involved two days before she called me because she kept thinking it was going to write itself. Right, that it would and pass. she is the longest that I ever had to, she had to take six clove capsules before it all stopped. And that's the most I've ever heard anybody having to take. Interesting. So clove capsules that you can make yourself and also keep that in your, in your medicine, um, you know, your medicine cabinet. And again, it's 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 a spice like turmeric. That's really fascinating. So you're listening. And there's lots more. These are just a few. Um, but to try to cover every potential emergency situation you would find in your own home, and also for people who go camping, or you know, if you're a hunter and you're out hunting, anytime you're away, uh, you know, from help. These are easy things to take. Right. You can take them on the road with you. You're listening to Healthy Options. This is Cynthia Swan, and my guest today is Gwen Scott. Uh, Dr. Scott is a naturopathic doctor, and her website is www.gwenscottnd.com, and it's spelled G-W-E-N-S-C-O-T-T-N-D.com. And you're listening to WERU at 89.9 Blue Hill, 99.9 FM Bangor, and casting webcasting at www.weru.org. And we are talking about Dr. Scott's information from her three-DVD set called Natural Medicine, A Survivor's Guide. Let's skip on to a, a, another aspect of the guide that um, I thought was interesting. You talk about... Um, uh, designer supplements and how people can actually save money by making their own. Um, well, you know, anybody that's attuned to natural remedy has realized in the last maybe 10 years, unfortunately, it's becoming a big business, billions and billions of dollars spent, people frantically trying to find things to feel better and make them feel better. And, they, and, and they've kind of decided they want to go towards the natural, but they don't really know. So they go to the health store and pay a fortune for things like CoQ10, resveratrol, um, you know, all kinds of things where they all actually come from a source, a food source. And if you can trace it back, then you're talking pennies, not 25 30 40 dollars. So that's what the designer supplement segment, that's part two in this uh, three set, is where do you find in, in the food chain or through herbs and spices, where do you find these highly expensive designer supplements? Where, and also the, the, there's conventional wisdom uh, that says you don't want to pull a, a very holistic thing apart. In other words... It's sort of applying Western allopathic thinking to natural, which is holistic in nature. And it has many, whatever it is, whether it's a food 
or an herb or, or spice, whatever, it's, it's got a lot of constituents that are in balance right. with each other. And when you start to pull them apart, you put them out of balance. Well, you lose the synergy. Western, yeah, you lose this kind of approach. Right, and and yeah, and the herbalists I've heard them say it's like there's a synergistic, um, uh, um, uh, you know, r- response or whatever when you're taking the whole herb. It's like all of the constituents of the herb are working together in this balance within your body. Instead Absolutely, just- and you can have say, like the apple. There's a little bit of arsenic in the seed of an apple. Right. But right. it's in balance, and that's the thing. We have been so mesmerized by, quote-unquote, uh, technology and scientific, da, 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 that we forget um, everything in nature is in balance until we take it out of balance. Right. So I'm talking with Dr. Gwen Scott. Her website is www.gwenscottnd.com. And we're talking about natural medicine and things that you can do for your own survival and um, to help you in terms of emergency medicine, to help you save money on supplements. And we're going to talk about some teas and herbs, and um, hopefully we will get to heavy metals as well so we can cover um, quite a few Absolutely. of the topic I'm areas. Back here. Okay, let's talk about um, coenzyme Q10. So how can people make or uh, utilize CoQ10 in the, as a well, natural food source? you actually don't have to make it. You just have to eat good free-range organic eggs, one of the richest sources of CoQ10 on the planet. And years ago, you know, we got waved off of eggs. Oh, high in cholesterol and on and on. But they again, they weren't looking at the holistic nature. And when they did go back and saw, oh, it's actually got the good cholesterol in there and it's all in balance, that message didn't get out very well. But surely the message of don't eat eggs got out loudly and clearly. And I still have people telling me very proudly, oh, I don't eat eggs. And I always say, shame on you. Uh, it's almost a perfect food. With that said, we want it only if we're doing organic free range because these huge factories, if you could see the conditions, these poor chickens, uh, and the egg, um, I actually had a client call me and go, oh, gosh, I don't know if I can eat this egg. The, the yolk is like yellow, really yellow, almost orange. And I said, yes, exactly. That's the way it's supposed she to look. so used to eating denurtured, you know, Pale, right. Manufactured. Right, the, the mealy uh, pale. She was scared, it scared her because it was such a pale yellow she was used to. Right, right. So that's a really good source. So that's an excellent can. source. Okay. And then... So a lot of these things that we're paying a good bit of money for, that's what I, I try to do is show you where it comes from. Well, let's talk about, um, let's step onto a different track here, and let's talk about things like heavy metals, because this has come up um, sometimes in my past programs about heavy metal toxicity, and um, what what products may be available for people um, who have, um, you know, I- ingested or perhaps have uh, mercury amalgam in their mouth, and um, or for whatever reason, you know, just through our the environment and the pollution, what can people do 
about heavy metal toxicity or if they even have a concern about heavy metals in their body? Well, it's one of the biggest health issues we're looking at in these times. I am blessed to work with a research doctor who spent 10 years of his life on that topic alone. He started working with dentists, and he wanted to find, because neither of us uh, really like chelation therapy for a variety of reasons, beyond the fact that it's extraordinarily expensive. Most people can't, most normal people can't mm -hmm. afford it. Uh, it also physiologically uh, don't like how it goes. And so he began a, a journey. It took him 10 years to try to find something natural that would be, he has the same criteria, affordable, available to everyone. And he came across this most interesting thing um, that worked. And he had access to an atomic microscope. So besides hair sample, blood, skin, fingernails, and all the likely ways that we can test for toxic metals, uh, he found uh, an, an atomic microscope. He found this, fair, it's pennies a day, mm -hmm. a simple, simple remedy. And it was interesting because when he called the president of the company that manufactures it and puts it out there, he was astounded. He said, I later met him, he said, I didn't realize I was sitting on a miracle. The irony is that this, this particular one, and it is very specific to this particular one, and I'll explain why, okay. uh, was being given to farmers knew about it, and, and breeders, animal breeders knew about it, so the animal kingdom was way ahead of us in this one, and it's diatomaceous earth. Now, diatomaceous earth comes from many sources. And you can go to your gardening center and find diatomaceous earth, and you can go to the pool supply center, but none of those are food-grade pure. The one that, that Dr. Knight found that was food-grade pure and not polluted came from a company called Perma, P-E-R-M-A, Guard, G-U-A-R-D.com, and they sell it to the food industry. It is approved by the FDA to take internally. Uh, they sell it to the food industry as an anti-caking agent. Um, it, it, it looks, they call it fossil shell flour, F-L-O-U-R, because it looks like that. Uh, it's a very fine uh, powdery thing, and it comes from the bottom of a lake in Utah. So it's been protected, and that's the key, because when Dr. and I was assaying these other clays, like bentonite and all, they were all polluted with aluminum and other things, because they've been doing their job. Which is uh, to pull out the impurities, right? Yeah, exactly. If they were ground source or ocean source, they had been absorbing all of these toxins, not just toxic metals, but all benzene from plastic and all kinds of things. But this one, when he assayed, came back almost pure. And again, that's because it comes from the, the bottom of a lake. And his recommendation was for the average adult, approximately a tablespoon a day in distilled water on an empty stomach. Now, with that said, if you're taking any kind of medications, whether prescription or over-the-counter, we don't recommend this, this because it, it perceives drugs as toxins and will uptake it as well. 
So even if you, so Dr. Scott, what if you take it in the morning on an empty stomach and you wait a few hours before you eat and take any medications? Will it still pull out even hours later? Is it, would it it's be contraindicated? Possible. It's possible. Mm. And, you, you know, if a person has a medical condition that they, that they need to be taking uh, something and it's going to interrupt that, uh, it's... If, if you really spread it out, it's not likely, but you don't want to take the chance. I mean, we stand under the umbrella of do no harm. Right. And when you know that there's a potential on any level, then, then you, you would say, please don't do that. Now, everybody should be working very closely with a practitioner of their choice. And then you could begin to discuss the situation, whatever yours would be, with that practitioner and, and try to come uh, up with a very safe, healthy, good solution to incorporating different remedies. And probably everybody's body is different, their absorption Absolutely. rates, how they metabolize something. So I could see the, you know, the cautionary um, phrase there. Um, so, but this is called permaguard.com. And it's like, a, and you're saying it's called fossil shell flour. It's a food grade. Fossil shell flour. Now, when Wally was alive, they always shipped in paper, and that was correct, with plastic on the outside. But now uh, the new whoever who owns the company, uh, I guess it's a cost-cutting measure, ships it in plastic. So as soon as you get it, you get it out of that plastic, and you always try to store uh, your diatomaceous earth in glass or paper. Because, okay. again, it will begin to do its job and pull the toxins from that plastic into itself, and you don't you don't want to be ingesting that. Again, it's very important that the, whoever's listening find a practitioner that you like and trust. If you're on the road uh, to using natural remedy, but you also may be taking some medications, it's critical that you work one on one with somebody so that you can incorporate and maybe move all the way over safely. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's very, very important to do that. Okay. So, Dr. Scott, this would be like one tablespoon per day in distilled water on an empty stomach, and this remedy that you speak about is to remove the toxic metals from the system because it yes, that pulls was it Dr. out. Dr. Knight is the gentleman who, who discovered these properties. That was his suggestion. Again, um, that's a sort of a prescription, and we don't do that, but that was his general uh, advice in terms of using us to detoxify us of toxic metals. We can't say heavy metals because I don't care who you test these days, aluminum is through the roof, and that's really not a heavy metal. It's a toxic, but they're all, all metals uh, well, that we're al- looking at now. Anyone Barium, goes- aluminum, all mercury, lead, very detrimental to the human body. Right, and you can't get away from it. I mean, it's even in the air. It's in the atmosphere. Um, I can't even remember who I was talking to. It was talking to me about cremations and people with mercury amalgam in their mouth. And so even in the crematoriums that these vapors are being, you know, um, out into the environment and into the air. And then so, and it goes on and on with the coal mines and um, the coal mining and, uh, and, you know, aluminum. Anybody who goes out to a restaurant, I think most restaurants use aluminum cookware. So it's hard to avoid these things. Yeah, we've gotten ourselves in a pickle. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's shift the conversation here because we're in the height of summer. Um, 
And, well, not quite night, but getting there, gearing up. Let's talk about something that concerns a lot of people, the pesky mosquitoes and the um, transmission of of disease through mosquitoes. So let's talk through mosquitoes, but let's talk primarily about repellent because you talk about that in your DVD set. Um, What's a good mosquito repellent? Well, this one's kind of interesting to me because it came to me in a very strange sort of way. Uh, I did study with a kahuna in Hawaii, and he said, I want to show you something, because there's lots of mosquitoes there. And we were on the jungle side where, you know, the natives live. And it was getting to be dusk, and we were fine. We're sitting outside, no problem. And we're sitting there, and I'm not getting bitten at all. He lit a citronella candle, and within minutes, we were covered. And I'm like, what's wrong with this picture? (laughs) Yeah, because citronella is a component in many of the natural mosquito remedies. Exactly. And what he explained to me is that, that like all life, uh, they they learn to evolve with the changing. So now, he said, when mosquitoes smell and, and detect citronella burning, they know that means there's food. So actually, he was telling me, it attracts. So I was like, well, I'll be darned, because I saw it. Meanwhile, I had been looking for a a remedy that everybody could, you know, make themselves non-toxic, because all of the ones like DEET and the one, we have to remember, whatever we put on our skin goes in. You know, the skin is an in-outtake. It's the largest organ we have. But it, it, it absorbs whatever we put. And if we're putting those toxins on, Uh, It goes right into our bloodstream. Not a good idea. Well, I saw on the news, believe it or not, mainstream, uh, back in the day when I watched TV, I saw uh, Peter Jennings reporting that there had been something that beat all of the commercial mosquito repellents that was natural. And, of course, I'm all ears. And it was catnip. Catnip. Well, that struck me as very interesting. Mm -hmm. So I decided to make an extract. Uh, which is also in in the thing you can learn how to do it of catnip and see what happened. And by gosh, I went up in the mountains. It worked. Mosquitoes won't come near you. And it's a very easy thing. We don't need organic catnip because we're not ingesting it, not giving it to our kitties. Just plain old catnip from the pet store and um, follow the directions on. I, I, I think it's part six, how to, of how to make an extract. Then get yourself a spray bottle. And if you're going to be out and about where mosquitoes are going to be plentiful or even at all, spray yourself. It's totally non-toxic. Catnip is in the mint family, so it's not going to harm you. I have a funny story. I used to write a column for many years, and I wrote about this, oh, probably 10 years ago. And this woman called me, and she said, I have to tell you a funny story. I went up into the mountains uh, to a cabin, and there were three or four of us couples going up to spend the week together and one of the couples took their kitty and the kitty got loose and got lost out in the wood and they for three days are calling and nothing and she said but I had made up your catnip remedy and she (laughs) I had sprayed myself all over with a catnip and all of a sudden this cat came bounding toward me and I was a big hero and she said I never did tell him my secret (laughs) to the whole thing but um yeah, your cat might be especially friendly to you. Uh, so, once, and but don't forget back of neck and places that because and and it's it's really uh, amazing. 
that something so simple can be so effective. Okay, so catnip as a mosquito repellent, and that's all you need in it is just to make the extract and use the spray the catnip on yourself. That's it. And it and it works. You're listening yep. to Healthy Options at WERU Community Radio, 89.9 Blue Hill FM and 99.9 FM Bangor, and also webcasting at WERU.org. My guest today is Dr. Gwen Scott, a naturopathic doctor who has a wealth of information and a three-DVD set called The Natural Medicine, A Survivor's Guide. And we're talking about the many, uh, a few of the many tips that Dr. Scott has in her guide to help everyone. It's about four hours of information and seven parts, and each part has is a, a wealth of information in and of itself. I want to move to another topic, Dr. Scott. I want to move to your medicinal broth. And I want you to tell listeners what the medicinal broth is for and why it is helpful, and what goes into it. Well, that's kind of interesting. I, I have to say, uh, it, there's a Dr. Richard Schultz. It is the center uh, remedy when he works with cancer. But it, the, I found for anybody with any cold, flu, anything, where they don't feel well, and, you know, it, it, it's kind of funny because it's so simple. And, and our grandmothers probably would have known to do it right away. But we've gotten so far away from our uh, basic understanding of um, what our body needs when it's down and out. It's really now, of course, I, I don't want to say organic every time, but really the principle behind this is to get as much medicinal into the body with the least expenditure of energy. And that's why we're, it's a broth. Uh, that way we can get all of the wonderful medicine from the ingredients through our bodies without really putting in. It takes a lot of energy to digest your food mm-hmm. without your body having to expend that energy when it's already uh, overloaded and doing work in other areas. And it's really very simple. And these ingredients can be um, tailor-made for an individual, as you pointed out so wisely earlier, Cynthia, everybody's body's different. Some people can tolerate a great deal of heat in there, and I don't mean temperature, I mean spiciness in their foods. Other people, the the littlest bit, Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a problem. So this is um, a movable feast in that you can add or subtract uh, a number of these things in amounts and counts, but it's basis ingredients. You're talking organic garlic, organic yellow onion, and I'll stop saying organic because we're going to assume it all is celery, parsley, carrots, ginger root, and there's another one because ginger is very spicy, so we can adjust that, cayenne pepper, and a very good salt. Now, sea salt used to be what we would recommend, but now uh, they've denurtured that pretty much unless you're paying a fortune and getting, you know, the very expensive. But I think the Himalayan crystal pink salt is the best salt we have available to us now, and we would put salt in there, uh, and to toleration, and this is the key, how much can a person tolerate cayenne pepper. Now, if you break uh, all of those things down and you will do single space and type up all the medicinal ingredients and constituents in those things I just mentioned, it would be pages and pages and pages. 
And I cannot tell you how many people look at it as just simply, oh, you mean vegetable broth, and dismiss. Uh, <laughs> right. It's more, than, it's more than just vegetable broth. It's literally a medicinal broth because uh, you break it down in, the, in your DVD that it's like you're doing a whole gallon's worth. So you're doing like 10 to 15 garlic cloves, four to five of the yellow onions, six to eight carrots, you know, one right. to two inches of ginger root, a big handful of parsley, five to seven celery um, stalks, and then, you know, the two teaspoons to one tablespoon of real salt and about a teaspoon, you say, potentially of cayenne pepper and you want and you talk about distilled water too and and why why does it have to be distilled water you say you want four inches of distilled water above all the salads why is that dr scott well distilled water you know there's been a huge debate in the natural medicine community forever over distilled versus everything else and people say it's too aggressive it's too acidic da, 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 da. but i was very blessed a couple of years ago to have a gentleman who came to a conference where I was speaking who was nominated for a Nobel Prize in Science, pretty smart guy, mm-hmm. uh, and his main focus throughout his career had been water. And I had always gone towards the distilled because of its purity, just the fact that I knew with things contaminated the way they are now, I'd rather go towards the least contaminant and sacrifice. We don't really absorb anyway very many minerals from our water. It, that, the minerals that we absorb come from our food. But even so, that debate had been going on and on and on. And I finally asked him, Dr. Flanagan, maybe you can answer. He said, I'll just say this. The only water I have been drinking since I was 17 is distilled. I said, thank you, thank you, redeemed. We always use uh, distilled in medicinals. Uh, when we're doing uh, teas and things, because we don't want any other interruption. Uh, but now he confirmed to me uh, that that's the preferred. But there will be people, if you have an absolutely deep artesian well that's been tested, and it, that's a different story. But most people don't have access to that kind of pure water anymore. And lots of our water is polluted with all kinds of chemicals. And you were mentioning, I never thought of the crematorium. That's a new thought to me. But uh, I saw a report the other day, and this is very much of a concern, of all the drugs that people are depositing in their toilets that are then going into the water supply and not being filtered out. There's no mechanism right. to filter those out. So that's another big concern. Uh, lots of um, around farming areas, pesticides and and all kinds agro toxins. So agricultural runoff, yeah. And and yep. in Maine, you know, they're finding the high levels of mercury in the rivers and the lakes and in the wildlife who ingest it. Not and just Maine, love. It's right everywhere. <laughs> it's sad to say, everywhere. So we do have kind of this chemical soup going. Um, so that's the reason for the distilled water. Now, I, I do want to ask you, what about the alkaline? You know, some people have these, um, you know, high-tech kind of alka- alkalizing um, water systems. Um, is something like that um, helpful for the soup or, or not necessary? I'd say that that would be somebody's personal choice, really. Okay. Um, some people... Uh, feel that that's the most beneficial they, thing they do. And so, of course, yes, go ahead. Because they're obviously very conscious if they're 
And so they're not just using, primarily we're, we're waving away from tap water and chemicalized problematic water. But if they're uh, on a level of consciousness enough to doing that, then I'm sure they're not using tap water. Right, right. So I'm sure they're making sure their source of water is good. That there's some. So um, we're talking, I'm talking to Dr. Gwen Scott and her website, www.gwenscottnd.com. And her DVD set is called Natural Medicine, A Survivor's Guide. I want to switch the conversation. I um, originally received this with a handwritten note from you that you live very low tech. And I want you to talk to listeners a little bit about how you personally live and why you've chosen that lifestyle. Well, I am blessed to live on an Indian reservation in New Mexico. I chose that... um well, uh, you know, we, we, we all kind of got, I think, bamboozled a little bit into thinking all these things were going to improve, and, and in some ways they have, but there's been a great loss of communication interpersonally. Uh, we now know there's some health issues with EMF uh, frequencies, all of these cell towers now bombarding us with all of these uh, frequencies, uh, cell phones, TVs, computers. And uh, there's a growing awareness that this isn't good for the human uh, body, and it's not good on a lot of levels. So if, if you can't get rid of it all, at least limit, in my opinion, your exposure to it and recreate a life uh, more connected to the natural world. Go out and take a walk. Instead of being on your cell phone, go out and talk to somebody in person, <laughs> you know, right. um, and try to reestablish uh, that kind of interhuman communication. That's interesting because I've been reading a piece uh, by, uh, um, I wish I could remember the writer's name. It came into the station in my mailbox, and he talks about um, vitamin N, N meaning the nature vitamin. And he talks about that very thing that you were alluding to, well, that you were saying, that we're, we've become detached from uh, nature with all of the technology and that we have like this uh, vitamin N deficiency and we're forgetting our connection to the natural world and our and, and the, the necessity that we have to, um, you know, kind of give and take from the natural world and how the natural world actually helps to heal us. Absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, if you go out to a beautiful mountainside and sit there among all the natural and there's nothing blasting your ears and uh, stretching your eyes, you know, but nothing but beauty in front of you. If you can imagine that, you know how healing that is versus sitting in front of a computer or the TV or, or talking on a cell phone, walking through the food store and all the things that we do. I see, uh, I see that's one of the most disturbing things for me with the cell phones because in the old days people would look at each other and chat maybe or exchange a hello, and now everybody's looking like zombies, you know, when they're out there, and they're not really interconnecting with their fellow human. So it's that, so um, in your view, the two can't cohabitate? It really needs to be more of a departure from the technological arena? I, I can't say that because I think for some people, I've had many clients tell me, I can't make a living without some of this technology. And I understand that. I mean, you have to be realistic. But all I'm asking for is more of a balance, really in people's lives to make sure that you're not just living constantly in front of something who, that's 
you know, scrambling your brain, uh, that you're reconnecting with the, the good Mother Earth and all, all on it. Because um, that's really what feeds us, and that's really, that's really our medicine. Well, really. Speaking about that, let's talk about some of your past teachers. You said you had a host of, of um, you know, indigenous peoples who were your greatest teachers. You talked about the corandera with the, the string beans. And I think you talked about, was it Chief Two Feathers? Do I have the name? No, Chief Two Trees. Now, he, two, two trees. he, was, very, he was an elderly man when I met him, and that was 40 years ago. He's passed from body. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been so blessed. Uh, some of the greatest teachers, uh, you know, blow me away that they were so open-hearted to share these things. There was, there's an African-American woman in the Mississippi Delta. Now, she, too, has passed from body um, maybe 30 years ago. Her name was Curly Island. Curly and Island. I love that name, Curly Island. I do, too. <laughs> she was a beautiful, beautiful spirit and one of my heart people forever. Um, but she... I learned so much from her because in that community, uh, there wasn't very much money in the African-American community. There was old, old knowledge brought with and then new knowledge learned in the environment. They couldn't afford uh, to go to the store and buy medicine, and they couldn't afford even to buy processed foods. And it turned out to really serve them. But they had to figure out ways. I mean, one of the most interesting ways that they did bandages, uh, if they cut their finger or something, they put sugar and then a spider web. Oh, my goodness. And so wrapped it. And, and it was flawless. No infection. Healed right up. Um, I heard B.B. King, the great jazz fellow. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's great. I heard him being interviewed, and he was talking about when he was 12 years old, he was out playing with some friends way up in the mountains, I think in North or South Carolina, and his knee became dislocated. And these boys carried him back uh, to his house, and they had the knowledge to go get a wasp's nest and vinegar. And he said, first they put the knee back, and that was very painful. Oh, my word. And then they put, made a poultice, smashed up the wasp's nest and added vinegar to it and wrapped it. And he said within like three days there was no swelling, and he was good to go. And um, Wow. So these were medicines of necessity. For that community, particularly down in the Mississippi Delta, even to this day. Um, but yes, I've been very blessed uh, to have many, many, many folks uh, share at a time when they wanted to and there weren't too many listeners. So maybe part of that was timing. Uh, but e- either way, I bless every one of them. And, and a lot of your um, DVD, you, you've compiled all of this indigenous medicine into this series that you have out. Um, were these people people that you like, um, was it in, in formal education, like you were just there in the community and they kind of took you under their wing, or did you seek them out as you lived in those communities? A little of both. Um, a little of both. But I also have to say I felt universal guidance in my path, in my journey these past 40 years, where... Um, you know, they say there are no coincidences, and I believe that, that that my path crossed with so many of these wonderful healers, um, you could say by accident, but I don't think so. Or synchronicity, or... Correct, yeah. correct, correct. And now, see, 
natural medicine is becoming really, as you well know, Cynthia, really popular and kind of mainstream now. But back in the day, 30, 40 years ago, it was considered, you know, Voodoo. really out there. Vo- voodoo. It was something to, yeah, it was like that was old uh, old stuff and you wanted to stay away from it because it wasn't effective. Right. Or, or it was very questionable. That message. Mainstream media is constantly telling us how it doesn't work or it's dangerous. Well, you're one of the pioneers of shifting that thought form. And um, I'm, I'm so sorry that the program has come to an end because there's just, you have such a wealth of information and I've really appreciated the generosity of your time and also of your, your willingness to share these recipes and, and all of the information. So um, this is Dr. Gwen Scott who has the three DVD set, The Natural Medicine, A Survivor's Guide. And her website is www.gwenscott, with two T's, nd.com. And um, this is Cynthia Swan. Thank you for listening to Healthy Options. And Dr. Scott, thank you so much for being a guest and sharing the wealth of wisdom and to bringing that all down and through you from all the healers that you learned from as well. Thank you. Thank you, Cynthia, so much for having me on. Many blessings to you and everyone listening. Thank you. 